What makes strong muscles in the body of Christ not effective? Where do you get your sense of identity and can focusing on your own spiritual life ever be detrimental to God's purposes? Welcome to episode three of The Quiet Reformation. The Quiet Reformation is not about transforming public library culture or silencing social media, all of which are important. This is where we are exploring God's design for his people and seek to expand our vision of the church. Netzer is a regional expression of the church in southeastern Pennsylvania. And today's compilation of teaching comes from two videos in our equipping series called On Ligaments and Manifolds. We as persons are created, created to relate to God, created to reveal God, to know him, and to show him. And that happens in the multifaceted image of God being on display as many, yet one. That's what we talked about in last episode. Today, however, we talk about the dysfunction of the church, the dysfunction of the church that is real. It's both felt personally and we can observe it in the world around us. Part of having a healthy human body means to care for the ligaments, for the connections between the different parts that hold things together. Same with the body of Christ. Tim speaks today about where we can often find misplaced significance and how that can strain the church functioning together like it should. From Ephesians chapter 4. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I remember many years ago, I was having my third knee surgery. I had had uh, three knee surgeries right in a row, and I was so frustrated being stuck in my hospital bed. And I was reading through the book of Ephesians, and I remember as I was reading one day, I read this part that stood out to me because of the situation I was in. And that situation with my knee seemed to lead me to understand a little more the passage here in Ephesians 4. This is the spot that really stood out to me. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. And as I started to think about that, I realized, you know, in the body of Christ, I've always thought, I thought through, you know, the different gifts are like the different parts of the body. And, you know, we complement each other and all of that. 
But this idea of the ligaments in the body of Christ, or your translation might say it's the joints uh, in the body of Christ, or the uh, tendons in the body of Christ. It's translated in those different ways. And I started to think about that and say, huh, okay, like what are the ligaments in the body of Christ? What joins and holds us all together? And it started to become clear to me, oh, those are the relationships. And that's actually what Paul is talking about. What's happening here is that if we are actually going to live out this purpose for our life, then that, what that calls for, what that means is that it's not just that we each carry something unique, but we need to be able to function well together. So with my knee, if, if the upper, uh, my upper leg has strong muscles, my, my quads and my hamstrings are strong, and if my lower leg muscle, my calf is strong, I'm, I might have strong muscles, but they're only as effective as the joint, the ligaments, the tendons that hold them together. And if my knee is dislocated or if there's a a ligament that's torn or a, a, a tendon that ruptured, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter how strong the parts are. And in the same way in the body of Christ, I might work really hard at being good at my spiritual gift. I might work really hard at my own spiritual life. But if the relationships between us aren't working, then how in the world are we going to reveal the manifold wisdom of God? See, the whole point, the central purpose And the central way in which we live ligament strong is when our focus is on love. If my focus is on improving my own spiritual life or making sure that my spiritual gift is working really good, then my focus is still going to be on me. And I'm only going to be listening to kind of my own desires, my own uh, perspective, my own wisdom. I had a friend who uh, originally was kind of helping me learn guitar when I was doing worship leading. He was like, you kind of need help. And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. And he had a lot of experience with guitar. So he was teaching me how, not just how to, how to play better, but how to actually mix sound better. And he said, you know, if you don't have a soundboard that's there mixing all the sound, if you're just playing live with others, the most important thing to do to have a good mix of sound is that you need to actually listen not to your own instrument, but you need to listen to everyone else's instrument. And if everyone's listening to each other's instrument, it'll harmonize the sound. It'll bring it together and it'll kind of self-regulate and self-mix. And in the kingdom of God, what we're called to in the body of Christ is to care about those ligaments, to be humble, to be listening, to be speaking truth to one another, to be kind, to be forgiving, to be bold in speaking out what a person needs to hear that because I love you, I'm going to tell you this, but to be patient with you when you're not changing at the pace that I would want you to change. And all of those things are tending the ligaments in the body of Christ. And as we're being very careful about how we relate to one another, and as we're tuned in to what the other person's about, what it does is it creates a culture where harmony is possible, where we can build one another up and grow up into the fullness of Christ. Are we glorifying God? well and are we enjoying God well? And that's something that we do together, not just individually. We have individual responsibility in it, but we do it together. There's this one guy who seemed to have an identity in the scripture. You know him as the rich young ruler. In his day, people were taking identity from all sorts of things. You know, if you're a a Roman centurion, you probably find your identity in how strong you are, how powerful you are, how effective you are. 
If you're a Greek philosopher, you might have taken your sense of identity by how wise you are, how eloquent of a speaker you are. You're a philosopher. You know, as the Samaritan woman, you could see that the, the woman who was at the well, she was trying to find her identity and how she was received by other men and how they viewed her. But this guy, this rich young ruler, he has his own form of legitimacy, his own form of identity. And he wants something from Jesus, but Jesus wants to reveal to him the deeper perspectives of what's going on that's underneath his subconscious. See, people, I think, in the rich young ruler's life saw him as a good guy. Oftentimes, we think that this guy's problem is that he had too much money or he was addicted to his money. But I think Jesus is actually getting at something that was a deeper issue for this guy. I have a feeling that when, pe- when this guy walked into a room, people looked at him and thought he was a really good guy. This guy's struggle is that he couldn't come to terms with the fact that he was a broken person in need the way everyone else is. And he was still trying to win the good game instead of coming to terms with the fact that he wasn't actually as good of a guy as he thought, thought, but he needed the one who actually is good. Instead of walking away from him, he needed to stay attached to him confessionally in a broken way. And, and, And to be honest, in the kingdom of God and in the church, My job is not to be the best servant. My job is not to be the best preacher. My job is not to be the best worship leader or the best tech guy or the best usher. In the world, my job is not to be the best father. It's not to be the best employee. It's not to be the best go-getter. It's not to be the best mom. It's not to be the best teacher. That's not my goal in life. To the extent that I'm trying to be good, I'm going to be focused on me and I'm going to be identifying myself not by Christ and not by being a part of his body, but I'm going to identify myself by things that put me in competition with others instead of collaboration with others. When we are baptized into Jesus, our unique personal identity that puts us in competition with others dies. When we are risen in Christ. When we come up out of the waters of baptism, I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And to the extent that we truly believe that, we start to feel very legitimate. We feel confident, not in ourselves or in our giftings or in our significant contributions, but in Christ's affirmation of us. And to the extent that we live in that reality, we grow in our confidence of God's love. And as we become confident, it changes the way we act in relationships. And as we become confident, it changes the way we act in relationships. And as we become confident, it changes the way we act in relationships. Hi everyone, this is Emily. I'm the Office Administrator for Netzer. Netzer is an IRS-recognized 501c3 organization. We have been working on spiritual reformation for the church in southeastern Pennsylvania for the past decade. Part of what we do is facilitate regional expressions of the church through providing spiritual oversight as well as education and equipping for churches, pastors, and ministry leaders. Please consider investing into the ministry of Netzer by going to Netzer.com 
netzer.org slash donate. That's netzer.org slash donate. If you would like to know more about what we're doing this season of the podcast, please be sure to jump back to episode one, get some good foundational grounding philosophies for this season. And what are your thoughts on what the church either has been or currently is or could be in the future? What sort of questions either practically or theologically are popping up as you listen to this podcast? Send us an email, podcast at netzer.org. And please, as much as you can, talk with your friends and your spiritual family about what it means to be the church. I personally love the information that can be sent out through podcasts, whether they're just short little snapshots or some of the long-form journalism that's taken place in the Christian world over the past couple of years. And that's great. But we as disciples of Jesus are called to be embodied people and, and need to, to put the headphones down and to talk to God and to one another face-to-face about what's going on in life. Thanks for tuning in. Next episode, we'll be diving into the gospel according to the church. From Romans chapter 12, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Thank you.